for all of your TNA needs, head to tensandaces.com. Get one of these losers in Las Vegas who keeps thinking he's going to come up with a way to win at Blackjack. Are you ready for some TNA? Welcome to TNA, the Tens and Aces podcast. A podcast with true-to-life stories and experiences from advantaged players in the game of Blackjack. From pros crushing it and making a living counting cards, to newer players who are just making their way through all the ups and downs of what can be, at times, both an equally frustrating and beautiful game of AP Blackjack. Is this the kind of thing you want to hear? Well, listen up, because we're about to give you some TNA. Here's your host, Mike AP. And welcome to the show today. As the man just said, I'm your host of this transmission of our experiment in imaginary radio that we like to call TNA, the Tens and Aces podcast. So if this is the kind of thing you want to hear, well, listen up, because we're about to give you some TNA. Okay, I don't know what, whatever it is, it's not right on the teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. Now, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Okay. There's no words there. All right, go, go. In five. Four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is a. Again, five, four, three. I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. Five, four, three. Hopefully, we don't have the freak out there that Bill O'Reilly had. But we are going to take live calls from listeners. Just talk blackjack shop and see where it goes. So here is our first caller. Fluff Scruff from the BGA Forum. Cool name, by the way. Oh, thank you. I definitely came up with it on the fly. <laughs> it definitely creates a, an image, like a oh, mental yeah. image in my head. I think of this like real fluffy, scruffy looking guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, believe it or not, my, my beard is actually not too in, in, intense, but uh, I leave it out for three weeks. It gets it gets a little crazy, but <laughs> I try to keep it maintained. So. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. I understand you have a story you'd like to share. Yeah. So basically, uh, yeah, it was on a Saturday. Um, you know, this was a weekend. Actually, my 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 partner was uh, not with me, like in the casino. She just came with me on the trip. And, you know, she's been just kind of she was staying at the you know motel that we were staying at. And I was just kind of going out and about to the casinos and, you know, putting in some hours. And um, I decided I'd stop by, you know, it was my last day. Um, I stopped at this casino. You know, I had done my research, you know, beforehand. And, you know, this casino was definitely, you know, based on the comments, it was notorious for 86 you know and uh, mm-hmm. basically like trespassing people right off the right off the bat they find out you're counting there so yeah i was just like you know what this is like my last day i might as well give it a shot you know give myself a little bit of a challenge before this it was actually i was uh, i had my first 86 in reno <laughs> so that was uh, that was a fun experience so you know i was kind of like all right well i've had that experience i guess once oh <laughs> you know not too not too worried the second time but yeah you know this is a place i put in a few hours in you know everything was smooth you know i was able to split the two hands i was able to you know increase my bets um, definitely made a few deviation moves that, you know, raised some eyebrows, but other than that, I didn't really have any heat. And I was just like, you know, well, maybe it's time for me to, you know, I'll put in one more hour here. You know, I don't want to spend too much hour on the double deck, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I just put in one more hour in. I came back from a five minute break. Um, there was a new pit boss there and, you know, all the other pit bosses, they seem to shrug it, you know, when they asked me if I had a player's card and I said, no, well, I don't really, you know, my real go-to is I don't really come to casinos very much. You know, I don't really think I would need a player's card or, uh, sometimes if I'm just trying to stall out i'm just like yeah i'll think about it you know and kind of use that to you know be able to put in a few hours before i have to leave or get any heat bought in you know with my chips and first thing this guy does is he goes to the phone um and starts making a call and i'm just like oh okay that's interesting um never seen that before and obviously you know this is i'm brand new you know to doing this and but you know i was like all right i wonder if he's calling surveillance and so i was like all right you know what like just started playing and i was like all right i'm just gonna finish one last hour and be gone um you know right after he gets off the phone he comes to me and he's like hey sir could you lift down your mask and i was just like oh okay sure uh he's like yeah just lift down your mask for the cameras that's a little ominous yeah no when, when they when they say that that's usually like that you know it can definitely confirm my concerns about you know putting people in a database and it definitely sounded like from that conversation they had that so mm-hmm. you know i lifted down my mask i mean i didn't think i was you know it was my first time in that area so i think i was good but i think after that i was like oh like 
crap, like maybe I should just, <laughs> maybe I should, that's my cue to leave. Um, and I was like, you know what? I've had mostly like, you know, true count zero, negative counts. You know, I haven't really been playing a lot of those. So, or I, I have been having a lot of those actually throughout the session. So like, maybe I'll just have one more, you know, one more shoe and then I'll just leave, you know, it should be fine. And then the first few shoes uh, or the first few hands, you know, the count just jumps up out of nowhere. And, you know, the dealer, which actually was with this dealer earlier that shift. So it was, it was just interesting. But when I went to two spots, she like called to the pit boss. She was like, hey, two spots. And the guy just kind of looks over and kind of looks back. And I was like, oh, that's really weird. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I played two spots. I lost a hand, you know, and then the count got even higher which forced me to do my max bets. And, you know, I was like, oh man, she's going to call it again. You know, it's like a true count of four. You know, I put out my max bets at two spots and, you know, she calls out again, two spots and the pit boss, like this time he looks and then he looks at me and he's like, all right, something's going on here. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, slight like, you know, internal panic, you know, but I try to keep a level head and yeah, you know, I go to two spots. I'm like, oh man, like, you know, this is, this is already getting pretty heated and you know, the cameras are probably looking at me You know, I don't know if they're looking at me or not or analyzing my game, but I just, you know, clearly had my, asked me to put my mask down. They're probably looking at my game and then a pair of tens come out and I'm just like, oh man, like the true, it's a, I think I remember it was a five. It was a true count of five at that point. I was like, man, like, like I need to split. You know, I can't not split on this really good hand. And then I split, and then the dealer's yeah. just looking at me like, are you sure you want to do that? And I'm like, yeah, screw it. You know, I'm feeling lucky. You know, I gotta sound like a gambler as much as possible. You know, right. so I was just like, yeah, let's screw it. A pair of tens come out. And I was just like, oh man, I have to split that. You know, I can't, I can't not split on that. And I was just kind of nervous at the same time because usually never split on tens unless the count's really good. And you know, the pit boss just looks at me and the dealer's looking at me like I'm crazy. I was like, yeah, screw it, feeling lucky. You know, just like trying to sound like a gambler as much as possible. <laughs> you know, trying to sound insane a little bit. Yeah, you but, want uh, we want them to think we're crazy or stupid when we're splitting <laughs> tens. You know, because it's usually yeah. one or the other. You're either drunk, crazy, or stupid, or you're <laughs> right. you're really you know what you're doing right yeah 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 so that yeah it was definitely like one of those moments where it's like oh you know i maybe they'll maybe i'll just think i'm crazy and look the other way but you know the pit boss like comes over to the table he's like watching the game mm. um i split my tens uh more tens come out i split again <laughs> Um, and then at that point I had like three hands with max bets. I ended up, I ended up winning the dealer end of, ends up busting. And, you know, I was like pretty happy about that. At that point I was like, you know what? I think this guy's basically hawking me, you know, I, I should probably just take my chips and leave, which right. I did. And, you know, it was a little painful to do that on a positive shoe, but I think with so many eyes on me, you know, I was just like, it's probably best if I get out of here before <laughs> something, you know, something happens. So, right. so yeah. So, yeah. As Colin puts it, you backed yourself off. Yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> but um, you can you know, probably guess, go back there know, again, down the road. Yeah, definitely. And and I I know which pit boss to look for next time. You know, this is only yeah. one specific pit boss that did that. So, um, and I think I remember his name too. So that'll help. Sometimes though, the paranoia is just that paranoia, and you know, mm -hmm. they're the phone call isn't about you. <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah, they're making a phone call because they're calling somebody to order a pizza for lunch or <laughs> who right. knows? or some other thing you know who knows what's going on but i think in your case from what you said it's pretty obvious that your time was coming so <laughs> it's one of those moments where you know you have to decide if you have to play through the heat or not i guess i just i, I what, what i was like it was kind of a silly concern but what i really just didn't want to do is have to cash out my chips at a later time mm -hmm. um i'm just at a point where like i'd like my bankroll to be as liquid as possible so i was just like i, I just don't want to come back here <laughs> the cash on my chips but definitely i probably will be coming back and you know just i know now who to look out for and who to <laughs> be comfortable with yeah maybe go a different shift than that person works yeah yeah definitely i think i was there at the pm you know so definitely like a morning or a night shift up next is a listener named bang okay so i understand you got an interesting story to tell yeah so we're we're playing at a place uh few hours from the house the fiance and i deviation calls for splitting tens against a dealer six right grab my chips and the whole table's looking at me like he's not gonna do this is he and i threw my chips down and gave the signal to split and the dealer's like are you sure you want to do this this is you know not a good idea and i'm like yes i'm sure this is what i want to do <laughs> and he's like well are you sure because sometimes it'll mess up the whole rest of the shoe right and i'm like yeah yeah this is what i want to do Good old ploppy logic. So I, 
I split to four hands. Dealer breaks. Table win. <laughs> Dealer goes to deal the next hand. Cut card comes comes out, and my fiance was sitting next to me. She said, "Yeah." Said he screwed up that shoe so bad, you got to get a whole new one now. <laughs> was the table like mad dogging you, looking at you, giving you the, the evil eye before that? Before they actually won the hand? Oh yeah, they were like, "Oh no, don't do that. That that is a horrible decision, terrible idea." And like, it'll be all right, guys. I promise. <laughs> And what it, <laughs> right. And you probably had a decent bet out there considering it was a high enough count to split. I forget. You, you said the count. What was the count? Uh, it was like a true four. Yeah. So it's not like you had $5 or $10 out there. So <laughs> they're probably like, this guy's crazy. I think I had four hands of 50 right. by the time it was said and done. So not a whole lot of money, but more than anybody else had on the table. You're lucky in that they... They thought you were an idiot, not a counter. Right. Because so, I'm sure he rolled his eyes as you when he said, it's your money, dude. You right. Know? I get that a lot because I'm 30, but I look like I'm 16. Oh. So, yeah. so I get a lot of the, yeah, he's just young and stupid and has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> a- after the dealer busted and everybody won, did, did you get like high fives and from the people who seconds before were admonishing you saying, don't do it? No, they were still looking at me funny. Like, did that really just happen? <laughs> like, you lucky motherfucker. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> he just won $200 and, and he did something <laughs> stupid, <laughs> according to them. <laughs> I had been playing for like 10 or 12 hours straight the other day yeah and completely not thinking i threw my money out and doubled a hard 12 and it worked nice cover play (laughs) (laughs) right it's totally a mistake i got up and left after that because i was like if if i'm gonna double a hard 12 i do not need to be playing anymore probably shouldn't have even have been hitting the hard 12 (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah man when stuff like that happens you know it's time to it's time to pack up 12 hours is a long time doing anything yeah but it worked so i was like well hell i'll take it yeah i don't know all right man we'll talk to you later all right talk to you later bud all right bye so next on the show is tmj what's up man hey how's it going Good, good. All right. So you're asking for funny or interesting stories. I I got something that happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm pretty new to card counting in general. I've I've got plenty hours of training, about 150 hours. But recently, I've started taking my time to the casinos. I I figured, okay, it's about time. Yeah, things have been going pretty well up and down. But I've had some issues trying to find good times to go to the casino. You know, it's not easy getting to play heads up when there's so many people around. So I figured, okay what are some weird times to go I-, I figured okay well the afternoon like lunchtime during a weekday that's a good time but i have a day job i can't can't leave work to go play in a casino so i figured right well what's what's another weird time three in the morning on a weekday well, who in their right mind would go to a casino at three in the morning on a weekday only a degenerate or an ap would go at three in the morning i, I think you'll find a little bit of both here in this story so i, I decide okay i'll before my nine to five job i'm gonna wake up at three in the morning and i'll, I'll get to the casino and see what the conditions are like then. Because, I I mean, if I'm going to casino and I can only get in, you know, 20 rounds per hour because it's going so slow, what's the point? So I figured, okay, if I go when no one else is there, it'll be genius. So I show up at about four in the morning after waking up. My, my, my girlfriend thinks I'm insane, but here I am. Um, I sit down and it's, it's not amazing. The conditions aren't quite what I thought. Uh, there are only a couple of tables open when I'm used to there being more, but I'm already sure. there. I'll start playing. So I sit down. It's a shoe game. I'm playing for about 45 minutes. Things are going fine. I'm not really making any money. I've, I've maybe made 140 bucks or something. I, I count between shoes sometimes if they're going slow. And I'm sitting with the other players and new shoe starts. The, the dealer leans over to a, the pit boss and whispers in his ear. I'm like, okay, that's never happened before. That's, that's kind of strange. But I, I, I wave it off. I'm like, you know, it could have been any number of things. It could be watch this guy. It could be I, I'd like a break here soon. I need to use the restroom. It could be anything. So I don't really care. So I, I, I continue playing like nothing's happening. I'm a little nervous, but it's fine. I, it's not a big deal. But then the pit boss gets on his phone and starts talking and turns around and glares at the table. I'm like, oh, what? I, 
what's happening? I, I don't, <laughs> I didn't do anything. My bets are barely moving. I've seen maybe a true count of two, the whole two hours I've been there. Are you wonging at all? Not really. I'm not even given the opportunity to. The true counts just hovering at zero and one. It's pretty frustrating, but you know, you just got to be patient. Sure. And I, I just like, I, what have I done that's suspicious? I'm not, I'm doing my best not to stare down the, the discard tray. I'm doing my best to act natural and just like the degenerates here at the casino at four in the morning. Eventually, the pit boss uh, walks over to the edge of the, the pit and down comes this state trooper the es- down the escalator. I was like, what What have I done? I'm not doing anything illegal. Why, why are they whispering <laughs> to each other? And so my name in real life is John. That, that's an important detail. And so the pit boss walks into the pit along with the state trooper and they're talking, they're talking and you know, all, all the staff in the pit are whispering to each other and looking over at this table. I'm like, am I about to get backed off? How, like, why couldn't the staff just have done this? Why, why did they have to bring in a cop? That seems right. Really strange. It's oddly aggressive. So eventually, you know, the state trooper walks over to the table and says, who here is John? And I look up, you know, I, I, again, 40 hours, this is a completely new experience. I've never been backed off. And I'm like, I go, um, I'm John. And but another person turns around and is like, I'm John. And she looks down at him and says, you changed your bet after cards were out. That's a felony. You're under arrest. And she books wow. a different John. I arrest them right in the casino. And I was like, what? <laughs> of course, I, I, I damn near shit myself. Like, what? I really <laughs> thought she comes over to the table, says my name, John. And What's the odds of that, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I don't play much. <laughs> I know I play a lot with odds, but. This that wasn't so she arrests him, take she lets him take his chip, puts his hand behind the back, cuffs and everything. And the dealer deals another hand, like you have a nine against a six. I'm like, come on, man, can you can you give me like three minutes? I Yeah, right, right. It, it was a very it was a new experience for me, but I wasn't real heat the whole time. It was mm-hmm. just so what, what did that, some other guy had tried to cheat the casino. Right. He tried to pass post. What's the, what'd you learn from that? I, I know what I take away from that story, but, but I'm, you're probably going to say the same thing. Uh, well, I'll just say I, what I took away from that story is, first of all, it's funny. Second of all, I take away that it's, uh, we often think they're looking at us or talking about us. Like there could be three other people at the table, but we assume that they're looking at the table, they're they're talking about us, or if the phone rings, it's about us. The thing I take away is that it's usually not us. Yeah, right. It's, I mean, you, again, it's you, looking back on it, it's like, of course they didn't weren't bringing in a cop. What? That's that's a blatant violation of my rights. But thinking like, okay, I'm the one of three people at this table. It, I, in my mind, it, it made sense in the moment. But yeah, yeah. It was really just somebody else cheating. They do use cops sometimes to get ID out of people. So that wasn't that far off base for you to think, wow, there's a copy. And the fact that she called you by your name. uh, I mean, John's a common name, but I mean, it's still like she knew that he knew to ask for John. So (laughs) and it's weird that they didn't know that. uh, Okay. It's the guy on third base or the guy sitting in the third chair, or the second chair, whatever. They would have told the cop when they talked to him and said he comes over, who's John? <laughs> yeah, I, I really thought. And the thing is, it was one of my local shops. So I was and I've only got 40 hours and I, I would have been devastated. I, I'd have very few other places to go. And my boss in the morning, like, uh, sorry, I'm late. I, I got arrested. Yeah. Would have been a whole ordeal. That's crazy. <laughs> That's a funny story. Thanks. Well, uh, do you have anything more to add or? Uh, no, I don't think oh. so. It was a, definitely a fun story. Something I'm going to remember for a long time. For sure, man. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Now we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Colin from blackjackapprenticeship.com. And if you're serious about card counting, I'd encourage you to check out the Blackjack Apprenticeship membership. It has the training tools you'll need to beat the game, like our comprehensive video course and our training suite, so you can learn each skill and virtually test yourself before ever stepping foot in a casino. It also includes the tools you'll need to succeed, like our pro betting software, casino database, results tracking software, and access to a community of like-minded advantage players to network with in our members forum and chat room software. You can find out more at blackjackapprenticeship.com. Hey there, listeners. This is Mike here again. I just want to tell you a few things that are going on relating to the show. First off, 
we started a Facebook page called Tens and Aces Blackjack. On there, we can post threads on the episode. People can leave comments about the episodes and other stuff relating to the show, as well as general blackjack and AP-related discussions. We've also recently launched the tensandaces.com website, where you can find all kinds of good stuff relating to the show on there. If you'd like to reach out to the show, you can do that by emailing us at tensandaces, the number 21 at gmail.com. That's tensandaces. 21 at gmail.com or you can call the show's voicemail and text line at area code 518-289-0478 that's area code 518-289-0478 and last but not least i'd like to thank all the people who donated money to help supplement what it costs to produce this show thank you it is greatly appreciated and if you yourself are feeling generous and you feel like supporting something you like, like this show, that would be awesome if you could throw a few bucks in teenage direction. <laughs> but if you don't, we still love you anyway. It's all good and no worries. But if you are so inclined, you can accomplish that at our website, tensandaces.com. Just click on support the show. And now back to the show. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's up, man? This is a plus good long time listener, first time caller. Well, welcome to TNA Live, man. So I had some questions about losing streaks because I'm in the middle of one. Okay, shoot. How do you motivate yourself to keep playing other than just the idea of getting the money back? Because I'm in one of those situations where I'll play a session, I actually get some positive variance on my minimum bets, start building up a nice stack, the count goes high, lose all the max bets, buy the insurance, the blackjack's not there. It just gets really frustrating. I'm uh, asking myself, like, man, how much longer can this thing go on? And I know the answer is, like, more than 100 hours sometimes, which can be frustrating. 300. What? You had a 300-hour losing streak? Mine is, mine's just over 200, mine. But I yeah. I know people who've had a couple 200 and 300-plus-hour losing streaks. Some people had, like, a couple-year losing streaks, and but now they're killing it. I would say believe in the math. And something you said there that I think is key that we all need to wrap our brains around when doing this, you said to get the money back. It's tools. I know it's real money, but it's your bankroll money, right? When you first start out, you got to, you know, start with your money out of your life, you know, unless you specifically save up for the bankroll. But most people don't do that, honestly. But once you have a decent sized bankroll and that's what you're playing off is your bankroll, you got to look at that's just part of your tool. It's like, um, what's an analogy I can think of? I don't know. It's like a car breaking down. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes that there goes your bankroll for your your savings for your car fund or for your money that you have set aside for, to maintain your car. You're just maintaining your gain, you know? So it's kind of like a mental thing. You have to think about you have to you have to train your brain not to think because it's really hard because the relationship of money that we have the rest of our life, we have to compartmentalize when we AP because I mean, it's it's human. I do the same thing. Anybody, even people have been doing it a long time like me, you start getting up to 100, 150 hours. You start questioning your game. You start questioning questioning the game. You start questioning your math or the math. All of those uh, things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, wait, what the hell am I, am I doing? You know, yeah. yeah I'm like, wait a second. Did I totally just fuck up all of the counts? Excuse my language. Did I mess up all of the counts <laughs> the whole time? It's just like, wow. Man, I know there's a lot of 10s in there, and I've got a 15 and a 14 against the dealer 10. Yeah, I was talking to another person about this, not on the show, but just in real life. And he's having a rough time right now. A month ago, he was experiencing positive variants where he just couldn't lose and turned a pretty small bankroll into a nice sized um, nut. And now he's on, a, I think, 160 hours, I want to say down. Oh, and he's like, fuck this game. This isn't fun anymore. This isn't worth my time. What am I doing? You know, kind of, I don't know if you're to that, that, that far <laughs> out to the, close to the ledge like he is right now. But. Oh, man, I've been there for sure. So like uh, my first long losing streak was about 120 hours and that was mm, probably about 200 hours in for me. And I was actually in a pretty similar situation. I'm one of those people who like started with $2,000, got it up to about 12,000. By the end of that losing streak, I was still green, but only like, $1,000. And I remember thinking like, I should have just driven for Uber. 
like the actual the AV hourly of what I've done with my time is so low. Uh, although it was my first losing streak, so I still kind of had that like earlier hunger. I was like, I'm just gonna keep doing it. Everyone says to trust the math, and I did. And uh, you know, of course, I got to like a new high after that 120 hour period. When I go through these things, I start analyzing all of my data and just like trying to come to terms with it. And I realized that all of my losing streaks have lasted longer than my winning streaks. But during those positive times, I'm recapturing and expanding the bankroll when they happen. It's just trying to like push through. And I'm in that situation where I had a huge unexpected win about two months ago, like much, much higher than expectation. And I thought to myself, well, you know what? I'm in a position now where I'm making more hourly EV anyway with this game. I'm real tired of my job. I'm going to start a business for myself. But in the intervening period of time, let me see if I can support myself on Blackjack. And almost immediately started just like a spiraling losing streak, which I knew could happen statistically. I just really didn't want it to. Um, So I'm in that position where I'm like, yeah, this isn't fun. I mean, it really, to me, was the transition going full time of this being a hobby to like it literally being work where I'm like, you know, I don't really want to be in the casino today. But I know if I wanted to get that bankroll back. I'm going to have to put in the hours. So you just said something interesting that came to my mind. You said you're going to start a business and do blackjack. And in between time of you want to quit your J-O-B and just have blackjack support you in the meantime until your business gets off the ground. Well, blackjack is a business. So like say you're, I don't know what your business is going to be, but say you opened a restaurant, right? And say the restaurant, the first six months was losing money, but you knew you had a good concept, a good location. You just had to, you know, get your sea legs, so to speak. It's the same thing with this game. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Theoretically, I understand all of these things. And I thought emotionally, even I was at the point where I had accepted the losing streaks. Now that I'm in the middle of one, I'm like, oh man, I wasn't as separated from this emotionally as I thought. Although it's like one of those situations where I'm like, okay, like that's how I look at it. And this is how I try to explain it to other people in my life. It's, it's an investment and it's business. And this is the cost of doing business. It's just like, yeah, I was really hoping to not have to go through this right at the beginning of this being a more full-time business for me. But you know, if nothing else, I've seen statistically that like anything can happen when you start playing as many hands as we do. Yeah. And at the stakes that we do too. Uh, I mean, cause uh, you know, it's so frustrating. You know, the count's high, so you're going to have a decent bet out there. Then, you know, pair of eights, split the eights, get another eight, split that eight, split that pair, get another eight. So you have three eights on the table. Dealer has a six up. You think you're in good shape. Uh, you end up with three of the four hands you now have double down. Say you have a $500 max bet. So that's $3,500 you have out there. Yep. Dealer rolls a five card 21 or something. It's like, oh, dude, I've been there. Like, I always imagined if I ever got interviewed, people like, was your like worst loss? It's not even monetary. I just had a hand like that. Yeah. Uh, God, like, like last year, I just remember being just astounded. Like, I just put my head down at the table because it was like, I don't know, true six or seven at this point. And to see the six card 21, it was like, oh, come on. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Is and it, the 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 thing that's the dagger is it seems it just seems this way. It's probably not true, but it seems like not only do they pull twenty one or say you have nineteen or eighteen, your best hand out of all those splits, right? They do. They pull a, a five or six, seven card twenty one. A nineteen would have beat you. Eighteen would have won most of the hands. Yeah, uh, except for you know, I don't know. It's not like that, but it just seems your brain just process it's like why it's like they're like you're in a movie or something they're just messing with you oh definitely uh i've also had this happen uh recently playing heads up i was like how many tens are in this deck because you know it's just like keeps getting more and more negative i've kind of used all of my phone and bathroom breaks like for for the next 30 minutes i'm like what another one come on what is this like negative eight now but uh anyway I i was really fortunate on this last trip to play at a place that had a great double deck game, good pen, didn't care at all what I seemed to be doing. I was literally going from one hand of 25 to two hands of 300 and no heat, nothing. Played it for like 16 hours. First 15 minutes, I went up 1750. Mm-hmm. Next 30 minutes, I was already down 2000. And then it just became a situation where I would make it back, lose it back, make it back, lose it back. Ended up down about 400. But the longer you go into a losing streak, each time I start going up a little bit, I'm like, oh, good. 
it's finally over. And then it's not quite over yet. Roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure, man. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. Like any business goes up and down like that, you know. Uh, you just got to think the long run. I, I know the the mental part is the hardest part of this game because we can train and learn the skill. You know, you can be the best technical player there is, have good cover, all that stuff. But if you can't emotionally withstand the inevitable swings that can be brutal, and in like in your case, if you're trying to make your living. Doing it, it gets even it turned, that makes it even more. Oh yeah, that that definitely, like I said, it really changed the perspective. And like uh, I was always when I was in a losing streak, like anxious to get back to the tables to get the hours in to make it back. But now that it, at least temporarily, I don't have like a, a true regular paycheck coming in. It definitely heightens my feeling of like, okay, I got to get back in there. I got to get the hours in. Um, mm-hmm. So I try to like create a balance for myself where actually this is kind of funny. So my actual job, like I'm in mental health, I'm a therapist. So like I can grasp all, <laughs> all of the mental aspects of this game, emotional and otherwise. And my job in some ways is to compartmentalize myself as I like hear these just ridiculous stories of like, you know, human trauma. Uh, so it's kind of the same at the table, but sometimes you know, when I'm playing, I'm not that talkative. I'm just trying to get my hands in. You know, I'm polite. Uh, but honestly, if I start talking to dealers too much, then they start talking and, like, they're not dealing as fast, right? But mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm just losing and losing and just becoming more and more frustrated, like, I'll just to say a dealer, like, hey, you know, I'm sorry I'm not that talkative. I'm just really frustrated. I know you want me to win. You're just dealing the cards. But, yeah, I'm just not having a good time. And they'll usually be pretty sympathetic and we might start talking. And honestly, sometimes that makes me feel a little better just to, like, get it out of my head at least. Yeah, I find it's really frustrating when they see me betting big bets. And some dealers, if you're losing, they don't expect you to tip them. But, like, say a new dealer comes to the table and they, they don't know how much I'm down. And right. they, see me, they see me betting large bets, you know, large to them. And, you know, everybody else is betting 15, 20. And I'm betting, you know, several hundred dollars at a time. Sometimes they see me playing and they they give me and I'm down considerable still, but they don't know that. So they like give me attitude because they think I'm just some cheap bastard that's spent a lot of money. that's not tipping them, which is part of the part of the deal. But when you're it's even amplified when you're down already and you already got your own emotions to deal with. Then you got to deal with some guy that's or woman who's has clear animosity towards you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or the one where they're like, you've been doing okay at the minimum bets. You get a little stack. Every time the high count comes, spread into two hands, losing both of them. And they're like, you know, it's really not working for you when you switch to two. Why don't you just keep it at one? Or you're really on a streak when the count's negative. Why don't you, like, start pressing? And you're like, no, that's – I'm – operating on a totally different situation than what you're seeing right now right and you can't you can't explain it and oh my god putting in as many hours as i've had recently though did give me a lot of like uh more interesting stories so like first of all on the tipping thing i had that exact situation but from a player so i don't know how specific i can get on locations i was in a gulf state area i have a connection to that area but i'm clearly not from that area would we'll see me and so they're always kind of amused and ask where i'm from and i say and they're like wow you're a long way from home and we're talking and so i was speaking to an older lady that was very friendly and i think when i sat down at that table i was probably down about two thousand dollars but of course i bought in with a thousand dollar chip and ended up winning like another thousand mm-hmm. and they don't know how much i'm down but then as i'm leaving the table because it got crowded she's like you need to tip the dealer and i was like oh no i'm still down a lot she's like that doesn't matter this man helped you get it back like you need to tip him and i was like no like i'm not gonna do that and it totally changed the attitude I, from that point on the dealers didn't like me the, the lady thought i was right. cheap i had another guy this is at a game in a western state region who recognized what i was doing and just literally start talking about it at the table he's like oh i count cards too uh they they kicked me out of this last casino because i was just counting the running count out loud and uh, you know it was whole card too and i was like just shouting out the dealer's whole card and i was like look this guy of course again i work in mental health he definitely had a diagnosis i only talked to him for five minutes i can already tell this and i was i was like well why would you do something like that and he's like oh i just thought they should know that i could do that and i was like okay then he leans over to me and has like a 12 against the five and he's like is there a deviation for this and in my mind like i really wanted to be like yes there is it's a negative true two, two, two but like, yeah i can't say anything then he has a seven decides not to hit it 
And like, you know, obviously statistically that doesn't matter, but we end up losing the hands because it hit his seven. And he was like, sorry, man, I was doing a deviation trying to help you out. And I was like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> was he trying, was he trying to, uh, uh, was he fishing for you to like admit what you're doing so he could like, this guy told me he's doing this, that, whatever. I don't know. I was talking to another friend of mine that, that does this and he's had one similar encounter and he's like, yeah, I mean, I had that thought too. I was like, does this guy like work for the casino? somehow i don't know but you know it is like i have to balance this a lot too with like doing healthy things for myself the environments in casinos attract like uh not always the healthiest people (laughs) i agree completely i i have to take like a month off it sometimes because it gets depressing like i sometimes i've sat there like when they're like changing cards or something i have a minute i just sat there and listened to the sounds around the casino and people's like screaming it's all about oh my god and you know it's just it's almost like what hell would sound like. <laughs> you know? Oh man, that's so funny. I used to joke about that with one of my friends. He's like, lives in a different country, never been to Las Vegas. Very, the idea of Las Vegas is not attractive to him. I'm not really like in my normal life, definitely not a Vegas person. I go there purely for quote unquote work. But I was telling him the irony of like the people who like dress up in these like really expensive, like Chanel dress with the expensive purse to go sit down in front of the Buffalo machine. I'm like, it's like hard to look classy. In front of like, <laughs> <laughs> giant video screen making all these stupid noises um, me, 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 me. Yeah. but i started to realize like uh you know for a lot of people and i'll talk about this with dealers like the dealer is a captive audience so there's a lot of lonely people in casinos because they know that dealer can't go anywhere and they have to mm-hmm. listen to everything they say including abuse yeah oh man yeah that's i hate when i see that i you know it's man that's, I, I mean i say yeah go ahead I was going to say that's one of the times that I pipe up because Sunday, I think. Yeah. This drunk kid was at the table. This place allows, well, ironically, uh, they allow 18 year olds. And he, I don't know how old he was, but he was clearly drunk. He didn't have a drink, but he was clearly drunk. So he must have pre functioned at the car. Um, yeah. And then like three of his buddies were there. And he was just like every hand talking shit to the dealer. The dealer's name was Billy. And he's like, oh, Billy, you're the worst dealer ever. And you're this, that. And you're just like stealing our money. And then he gave him a blackjack. And he's like, yeah, I'm fucking awesome. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I said, why don't you get a $5 bet? I, well, no, he had like 25 or something, but, but okay. Okay. I, I said, well, you've been berating Billy for the last four hands that you lost in a row. Now, why don't you give him credit for the blackjack? If you're going to give him credit for, for all the losses, <laughs> he should get credit for the blackjack, right? Because he dealt the cards. And then he's like, yo, fuck that. I, I played this hand. It's my, my win. I'm going to give myself credit. It's like, okay. And the next hand, he had a split and a double down on one of the hands. He won both the hands. Billy busted. And <laughs> the, the guy continued to, I don't know, man. Uh, eventually, the security kicked them out because they were determined to be drunk yeah. and they're underage. They had, you know, bracelets on to be underage, to be in there. I don't know. It's just, I had to say, I, I wasn't like... Actually, I wasn't even playing. I was watching my girlfriend play at that time. I was just standing there. But it just drives me nuts. Yeah, But we also have to remember, like I said this many times, that people like that are who allow us to have good games to play. Yes. Uh, That's also, uh, ironically, what I was telling a friend of mine is that, like, in some ways, the casino is literally the most inclusive place in the country because they don't care how you're dressed, what language you speak, how rude you are, as long as you're playing money they will let you do whatever you want within reason. And, and the more money you're playing, the more, the more <laughs> yeah. you can do. Exactly. Man, I like befriended one dealer in Las Vegas, mostly because I can speak the Filipino language. So when I have a dealer that's from the Philippines, like, uh, you know, I will occasionally use this language. So in these yeah, situations... Tag- Tagalog? That was called? Yeah, Tagalog. Tagalog, yeah. yeah. So Tagalog, like, okay. Yeah. I would, I would like talk shit in, in this particular <laughs> this is a fun actually a fun relationship I have because I, I end up in Vegas probably about once a month and there's a particular strip casino that is like trying really hard to cater to the rich Chinese people and almost every dealer and pit boss in this particular room is Chinese uh, but this one particular dealer is Filipino and of course they can't understand what we're saying so we can talk shit about everybody and uh, it's, it's pretty fun it, uh, to be honest with you it took me a long time to be able to keep the count and speak a foreign language but like I practiced and at least I know that language well enough I can do it sometimes I'll pull it out and like because uh, 
certain pit bosses, like if they start giving me like a little bit of attention, then I'll do it. Uh, it's a double-edged sword because it distracts them in a way. A lot of times they're much more friendly to me after that. But I'm sure somewhere in one of my database entries, it probably mentions like, hey, if this white guy comes in speaking this language, like <laughs> he's this guy. Yeah, it's kind of like a like a tattoo. Indeed, yeah. But There's uh, the idea of... Uh, an interview that I haven't uh, published yet that'll be coming out soon was with a gentleman that is Brazilian. And of course, in Brazil, they, as you know, they speak Portuguese. Yeah. So he said when he was first learning to count, he was counting in Portuguese. Oh. <laughs> and then trans- and the rest of the world around him is in English, you know? Yeah. So it was just, he had to eventually convert to counting in English, you know, which I never thought of that. And that, what you just said about switching between speaking um, a foreign language and, you know, and going back to counting and keep a track of the count kind of triggered that. Oh, yeah. I've kind of had to like, you know, I might like lay my finger in a certain way, like on my thigh or I'll use chips sometimes. Like if I can see that we're about to take a little break from dealing to get into a story, I'll like put the, you know, put a stack of chips that corresponds to the amount somewhere. So like in case I like drop it, then I can get back to it. But um, I can speak some Cantonese as well. And I was at a particular table where the dealer was from China, but she was from near Shanghai where they speak Mandarin. So, you know, I don't think much of it. Then this other lady sits down and like, you know, I ended up, speaking Tagalog to one of the players and then I mentioned I speak Cantonese but then the dealer's like oh well my husband's from Guangdong province so I speak Cantonese too so then I started speaking Cantonese to her and then Fil- Filipinos are like the other lady and like at that point <laughs> my brain it was like I couldn't I couldn't operate anymore I was like I, I gotta shut this all down if I'm gonna keep the count I was on a Baccarat table one time exploiting a, a stupid promotion they had <laughs> everybody at the table is Chinese they're all they're all talking about me I could tell. So I'm sitting there and all I hear is a bunch of Mandarin and yeah. and then this, that, and looking at me. And then I said, Shishi. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they, which is thank you. Right? Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Sure, sure. And it, I got it good enough that they knew that, it, yeah. that they understood what I was saying. I looked at one of the guys and said that and like right in the eyes and the whole, all of them just like got white as a ghost. Yeah. They're like, holy shit, this white dude knows what we're talking about. We've been talking about him for the last 15 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, I know that feeling. This particular uh, casino I was playing most recently, there was a lot of Vietnamese people there. And they were so angry that I would go from two hands to one hand and back to two hands. Uh, And I I don't speak Vietnamese, but I knew based on the tone and the eye contact that they were not pleased with my playing style <laughs> well yeah although i was i was actually talking about this with somebody because like you know i would be like in my mind i'm like you know whatever like, there's no such thing as flow of the cards but i started thinking about it and like in a way i actually am screwing them over like i'm <laughs> i'm expanding my number of hands to catch the most valuable cards so that they don't go to other people so like maybe in a way they have a right to be upset at you well if they knew what you were doing <laughs> Maybe like if, okay, what you just said applies if there's another AP at the table and you sit down and you poach his table. Okay. You can gauge if somebody's counting, right? Oh yeah. So say you're mid shoe and like a six deck shoe and you see their bet and you can watch like four or five hands and tell if their bet moves, you can tell if they're counting and then you can pretty much pick up the count off their bet. Um, right. Yeah. So yeah. if they're accurate and you can, you can judge that. So I've had people do that to me, come and sit down and play, or let's just say I come down do that to them and they realize what i'm doing then i am stealing their cards and they have right to be mad but the other the ploppies at the table they're mad at you because of card flow yeah and that's not even true so the reason they're mad at you isn't true if they were mad for the other reason (laughs) they should be spread to two hands right oh man i have two relevant stories in this situation one is that uh in the same casino when people are getting so mad at me it's when i suddenly realized like because i often forget that like people gamble for fun like to me it's a job yeah. like I, i'm yeah. not there to have a good time and meet people and talk to people and um basically it was a weekend it was really hard to get a table with less than three people i'm only playing the double deck games and then they were letting five six people sit down and i'm like why would you play double deck with six people but I had a table with myself and another player and then this like drunk girl sees us and is like how's the table we're like it's not that good and she's like i'm gonna change the luck and like sits right in between us which then triggers like two more people to sit down and at this point i just stopped 
stop playing. But this one, I suddenly realized like, oh, these people are here to like have a good time and they don't necessarily care about the outcome the same way that I do. This is <laughs> a major difference between how I approach the game and I guess like a normal person because I didn't gamble before I got into AP. But in terms of poaching tables, so I was actually at Strip Casino in their high limit room. They have a decent six deck game, like good pen, stand 17, but most importantly, did not care that I was like aggressively wong in and out of this game because my bankroll doesn't support a $100 minimum bet. But, you know, say the count gets to like true two, then I can definitely handle it. But I'm watching this guy play and it becomes pretty obvious to me that he's counting. But I just wasn't quite sure because he played through some really negative uh, counts. I was like, man, maybe, maybe not. So it finally gets up to like a true two. I, I pull up a chair. He's like, hey, man, it just got good. Like, can you give me, a, can, you, can you wait till the shoe finishes? And I'm like, ah, all right, fine. So the thing about this casino is that, um, like I said, they don't care or didn't care about what I was doing. This is also a casino where I'm friends with one of the dealers, friendly enough that like we'll get coffee sometimes when she's not at work. And mm-hmm. she had sort of put two and two together that like about what I was doing. She's like, because I said something about I referred to playing blackjack as work somehow. Yeah. And she was like, she's like, what do you mean? Gambling can't be work unless you're like counting cards. And I was like, oh, I would never admit to something like that <laughs> with someone who works for a casino. <laughs> and she's like, I don't care. The casino doesn't care. Honestly, like they re- literally do not care until your bet gets to a thousand dollars at that threshold then they care but my max bet was like two hands of 200 that's <laughs> that's uh that's wonderful intel if she's accurate yes I, okay actually so this story it, it speaks to that right so um she was like yeah i mean I'm pretty sure your account's flagged but if you notice every time you sit down they call they let you play and i was like Oh, yeah, you're right. Because I hadn't started to notice that. I would, you know, they would swipe my card, get on the phone. No one said anything. So anyway, um, I've sat down. This guy asked me to wait. I, I say, okay. And this trip had been like a really good trip for me. I think I was already up like maybe 10,000 when I sat down at this table. And you know, one of my character flaws is like, I'll get a little loose when I'm feeling like I have that much extra bankroll. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to play this from the beginning. If it goes negative, I'm out. But if it starts going up, like, right away, you know, I'll I'll stick with it. And that's exactly what happened. It, like, almost immediately started creeping into, like, you know, true half, true one. True one's actually my wong in point anyway. And then, like, like clockwork, me and him both split to two hands, bent back down to one hand. And then that obviously got the pit's attention. Um, the count kept going up and I think I had won like 700 and I realized like this was not my table so I just told him I was like hey you know man like I'm just not feeling this one like I think I had like lost two in a row I was like I just lost two in a row you, you know it is yours you know it is your table and, and you know count starts getting up into the true four I think at this point he splits to two hands of 500 wins twice and within two hands they backed him off. The pit boss comes up and is like, hey, you know, no more blackjack. But then he looks at me and he's like, also no more blackjack for you. And it wasn't until later I realized two hands of 500 is a thousand. He was like at the threshold. So basically like very important lesson learned about like poaching tables, etiquette, and getting backed off in the process. Some places will not look at two hands of 500 as a thousand. Like you could bet like two times eight and they wouldn't even blink if their threshold is a thousand. But if you, the minute you put one, a thousand on one hand, it's phone rings, you're good to go or you're, you're done. So it just depends. Right. And I don't know if it was, you know, because of that specifically, or because of the fact that like, it was pretty obvious, at least earlier in the shoot, we were both counting. Um, but I honestly, I wanted to test it out. Cause like, there's a whole backstory about how I ended up with a bunch of comps at this place. There's basically like, I refer to myself as having about 500 hours of play, but I actually have 600 hours of play. And there's a hundred lost hours in which I did a bunch of really crazy stuff, like playing with about a 70% risk of ruin with like far outside of my bankroll that was like a huge learning experience and got me a lot of comps. Uh, and I also played under my name at a bunch of places. Were you were you were you counting during that? Oh play? yeah, I was counting, but um, to uh, so I almost look at it as like really I was starting to split hairs between the difference between counting and gambling, right? So like if I went to play a table that far outside of my bankroll. Yeah, I didn't raise my bet when the count was low. But if I'm going that far outside of my bankroll, kind of hoping for positive variance, like that's gambling, more or less. You know what I mean? Like to play, because yeah. I knowingly was playing with that high of a risk of ruin. Um, 
I had said to myself, well, I got a little bit of positive variance turned like 2000 into like, or yeah, 2000 into like 5,000. And I was like, I'm ready to just take this to the max. Let me start playing one hand. Like I was going a hand of 100 to 800 on like a $5,000 bankroll. Wow. And got really lucky. Yeah. got super lucky at the beginning, won like 20,000. And then this is like, I was really new to counting. So I'm like, oh, I'm a big shot now. So I started playing rated all over the strip. And of course, as you can imagine, I like, quickly hit some negative variants and uh, almost wiped everything out. But uh, the only benefit besides the lessons learned during that period was the residual comps. And this place had continued to give me comps and I was still longing in and out. And, the, you know, I, my play wasn't really enough to like keep them forever, but it was kind of keeping them going. So I basically had free suites every time I came to Vegas. And so I decided, like, okay, you know what? Like, let me make sure that my account was truly flagged during this, like, back off. Because I, I legitimately wasn't playing when it happened. And so I went back in the morning, swiped my card. No one did anything. No one even made a phone call. Played a whole shoe. Went pretty positive. It was, like, positive, but not super. Like, you know, maybe true to most of the shoe. And I just got lucky and won, like, a 1,000. And after I colored and was walking away from the table, a different pit boss came up to me, and he's like, hey, we told you no more blackjack last night. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I thought you meant the guy next to me because I wasn't even playing. And he's like, no, we meant you, too. Your account's flagged. You're done. <laughs> but you had plausible liability, so, you know, why not? Yeah, that's exactly what I said. I was like, well, you know, I, I truly wasn't playing when it happened. So I, I don't know. It's kind of funny because, like, this was also the place that I used to speak a lot of Tagalog. And so like, the pit knows me there. And last time I was there, like, I went in just to say hi to my dealer friend. And they're like, why don't you play? And I was like, oh, no, I'm just not feeling it. But, like, next time I feel like I got almost nothing to lose, I might be like, well, you tell me. You swipe my card. Can I play? And if they say yes, then, well, you know, that's on them. Well, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you taking my call. Well, that was a fun episode. Thanks to everybody who called in to the show. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to hang up for good as this episode is about to conclude. Thanks for listening and see you down the felt. Have you had enough tea and day?